Some of the most effective attacks on cyber networks exploit user behavior through phishing attacks, social engineering, and the introduction of malware through removable media. One approach to deter these methods is for organizations to implement role-based cybersecurity training. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. The National Institute of Standards and Technology is updating its guidance entitled A Role-Based Model for Federal Information Technology Cybersecurity Training. And to discuss role-based cybersecurity training, I'm pleased to welcome one of the authors of the guidance and computer scientist, Patricia Toff. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Eric. Please take a few moments to summarize the concept of role-based cybersecurity training. Sure. Role-based training looks at the realm of computer security training within organizations based on an individual's role. That is, what they do in terms of computer security within your organization very specifically. Not their job title, but actually the functions that they perform concerning computer security. This is designed just for the people within IT security or is this for everybody in the organization? This particular document is designed for people who have significant role-based responsibilities within their organization. So it's people who are working within the security field who have very particular responsibilities within their organization. It doesn't cover everyone like some of the other awareness and training materials that NIST has put out. This is very specific for these types of people. Although there's a narrow field, would this include CISOs, Chief Information Security Officers, or CIOs, or are you talking specifically about the people who are charged with executing these programs? It's really for anyone who has a, a role within those security programs. So a CISO could have a security role. Someone who performs system backups has a security role. So it's understanding what your responsibilities are within the organization and how your role relates to computer security. In this particular document, develop training for those types of people within your organization. So it's role-based training guidance. And why is that important? It's important because both the FISMA requirements and some of the OPM requirements require that we do annual role-based training for people with significant security responsibilities within our organization. This document is, is trying to help those people who are responsible for developing that training get a better handle on what they need to cover within those modules or training courses that they're trying to put together. And although it's, you cited both the Federal Information Security Management Act and the Office of Management Budget requirements, the advice in this could be applied to the private sector as well, right? Certainly. There are similar roles within the private sector as well. And this first published special publication, 816, which is the official number for this, uh, Information Technology Security Training Requirements, a Role and Performance-Based Model in 1998. And that's over 15 years ago. In IT and IT security, that's many, many generations. How has thinking in role-based training evolved since then? Um, since that time, we've really, with the development of the FISMA guidance that NIST has put together, we've really kind of narrowed our focus on what the particular responsibilities are for these types of people. So now, not only requirements for role-based training, but we have annual requirements for everyone within your organization in terms of computer security awareness and training. This has really um, helped to tighten what we mean by role-based training and how to help within organizations develop that training. The guidance addresses the difference between education and role-based training and why role-based training is critical for successful security training. What is the difference between education and role-based training? In general, there's a large difference between education and training. An example that we use within the document and that I've used in several presentations is if you think about an aeronautical engineer, someone who's been educated to understand the methods for lift and thrust and, and engine dynamics, 
versus someone who is trained as a pilot. That pilot may have a basic cursory understanding of the, the aerodynamics behind the airplane, but that person knows how to fly it. Whereas the person who's been educated, uh, aeronautical engineer, may never have flown an airplane, even though they understand the design behind it. And to me, that's the difference between education and training. So what we're concerned with in this particular document is the training of those people within their role, so that they need to know specifically what they need to do within their role to help protect their organization's resources. Can you give an example within cybersecurity? Well, one example might be someone who's doing incidents response. They need to know very specifically when an incident happens, how they need to report it, how they need to respond, what they need to do on their particular system to prevent any further damage. And that's very different from someone who's been educated in building systems to identify incidents or to respond to some the incidents. Who at organizations uh, are responsible for role-based training generally? Generally, in most um, federal organizations, there's an um, individual who has been identified as the security training officer, and they're responsible for putting together an awareness and training program for their particular organization. Um, so it would be that person's responsibility to make sure that this type of role-based training is developed and given um, to the appropriate people within their organization. So how do organizations that implement role-based training judge whether their initiatives are successful or not? And are there metrics used to determine that? That's, that's something that we're um, struggling with within the document. We have some feedback forms that we include in one of the appendices uh, within H116 in order to get that type of feedback from the students, from the people that are um, providing the training in order to do continuous improvement on the training that's being offered. But in terms of a, a larger look at whether this type of training is effective, we can look at the number of incidents that are reported, how are people responding to them, and an overall sense of is the security of your organization improved or not. If you look at the federal government at the moment, how would you assess how agencies are performing and in, in instituting role-based training? I think that varies from agency to agency. Some agencies have very dynamic role-based training programs where others are, are still really putting theirs together. Um, so I'm hoping that this document will help those organizations build their security training programs. And for those organizations that do have a robust program in place, I'm hoping that we can develop some mechanism to share the type of training that they've developed among the federal government. So you, you could envision future workshops or something this might sponsor? Yes, absolutely. In fact, one of the other organizations that I am the technical lead for is the Federal Information System Security Educators Association, FASIA. And FASIA has an annual conference, which we hold at NIST. This year, or next year, it will be March 18th through the 20th at NIST in Gaithersburg. And these are the types of things that we discuss. FASIA generally are the people who are out in the field providing training, developing training, and this is a, a great conference to share that type of information among agencies and even among companies and contractors. A few weeks ago was the deadline for the 30-day comment period on the latest draft. Uh, what kind of responses did you receive and what are some of the recommendations the stakeholders made? Unfortunately, we haven't gotten a large number of um, comments to date. I'm hoping, um, because of the way it fell with the, the Thanksgiving holiday, that perhaps um, we'll be getting more comments shortly. If any of your listeners are, are interested in providing comments, we are still accepting them. In general, there are not a lot of comments on the appendices, on the functions, and how we broke out the functions. Um, but in general, people seem to like the approach that we took. 
Is there a timetable for when the final version of Revision 1 will be ready for publication? We're hoping to have final publications probably April-May timeframe. Thanks, Pat. Okay, well, thank you. I've been speaking with Patricia Toth of the National Institute of Standards and Technology. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.